Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop, and this is episode 118. It is Tuesday, June 27th, 2023, and definitely another another week where I don't really know what date it is because we've got a <laughs> lot going on. Uh, last time we talked to y'all, we did a loaded Pudge um, World Classic recap. Um, you can check that out at the, at our, uh, five tool website, or of course, Apple podcasts or wherever you get podcasts, uh, should be on your feed there. Um, and today we're going to go through and try to do the same with the Alex Bregman world series. So the Pudge world classic is a lot of the, uh, 2025 class. So guys that are going to be juniors in the upcoming high school season, whereas the Alex Bregman world series, a lot of 2026 prospects primarily. So guys that are going to be going into their sophomore um, season uh, as a high school prospect. So um, a little bit different feel now, you know, just with the recruiting rules and things like that, it's um, uh, not as much college football, not really any college focus um, on the 2026 guys, but uh, it was still an awesome event. Um, More drama in this event, especially later, um, later in the, in the, in the bracket championships and the final round and all that sort of stuff, just seemed like a lot of drama some walk-offs, um, some really high level games, uh, just seemed like there wasn't like, there weren't many teams that were just like clearly head and shoulders, like way better than everybody else. It seemed like there are a lot of games that could have gone either way. A lot of really, really good teams. But, uh, before we get into that recap, Drew, uh, thoughts on the College World Series? LSU takes it down, uh, thumps Florida after Florida, thumped them the game before. Uh, LSU, a rare a rare instance in college baseball. You know this better than I, but preseason number one team with a lot of expectations actually ends up winning it all, which we don't really see that often. Well, you know, like one thing that always sticks out to me is that Teams that take walk through the regular season and like we've seen the reason the number one team hasn't won or the number one seeded team overall hasn't won in how long? I mean, it's what over it, a like decade. My, Miami in like 99 or something like that, or like, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's that kind of timeline, but you know, I think LSU uh, benefited greatly from going through some adversity in the middle or yeah. more towards the end of the regular season. Um, and you heard some of them talk about it. You know, it sounds, it always sounds crazy to hear some of these championship teams talk about all the adversity they went through. But the reality is, is that most teams that end up winning had some sort of it along the way. Um, you know, LSU battled some pitching injuries throughout this year. Um, and, you know, there were some people, I mean, they were the five seed going into it. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if they obviously now they tell you they're glad they went through it. Um, it always doesn't always seem fun because you tend to get piled on quite a bit. If if you were that one seed and you end up, uh, you know, when you're going through that struggle phase, um, especially, you know, with the added target on their back of having the high profile portal ads that they did um, mm-hmm. certainly added fuel to the fire. But um, in the end, they they prevail. And a lot of credit goes to those guys. You know, we we obviously had Josh Jordan on the on the podcast. And, you know, I think you mentioned it in a tweet. I mean, you're not going to find anybody that outworks that staff. No, uh-uh. pure and simple bottom line. That's, that is um, that program for everything that they 
you know, all the glitz and the glamour, there's a lot of blue collar in that program as mm-hmm. well. And they are uh, top to bottom work as hard as anybody in America, uh, especially on the recruiting trail. And it, and it showed, I mean, you know, like a lot of people continue to point out, yeah, you know, th- there's the stigma of, oh yeah, they bought their team, which, you know, is semi-fair just because of the, the two, two of the big name guys on the roster. But um, in all actuality, those, most of those guys were homegrown. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Skeens, Skeens and uh, Tommy White were obviously the big portal additions, but Cruz was not. Um, Trey Morgan had, was not. Beloso was not. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they had a long list of guys that were major, major impact players for that team that have been there since day one. And I think that that's probably going to be the case moving forward for them. You know, they'll – they'll get to a spot once Jay's entire uh, program was picked by him. And, you know, then they'll continue to just cherry pick and that's, and that's what they should do. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and it'll be interesting to see over the next week or so who ends up getting that pitching coach job, but man, like just really impressive showing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of a weird championship series, the way that unfolded with, the, especially considering the rest of the world series had been like nothing but really low scoring yeah. close games. Yeah. And then, you know, you had the wild, I only wish they could have flipped game three and game one. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Had game three. I mean, I would have been asleep by, by the end of it and missed it, but um, wild game one, that was a lot of fun. And the announcers picked up on it and mentioned it at the end, you know, like they were, they were inches away from their season being done a couple points along the way mm-hmm. um, before they even got to the championship series. So, you know, that that's an added thing that, you know, the, the players in that locker locker room will remember those little moments um, down the road. Whereas, you know, most of the fans will just look back and think that they cruised through the whole thing, but man, just really impressive. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where some of these high profile portal guys end up Um over the next couple of weeks, I think you'll start to see some decisions on those guys. And, you know, especially too, once, once the draft comes and goes, uh, that'll, yeah. that'll, that'll play a part in a lot of the decisions I think. And, um, right continue. now it seems like they're all ending up at LSU or Florida, which might be the rich get richer type situation, but yeah, you know, it, NIL and, and portal stuff will get a lot of attention and, and, and fairly so, but as you said, I think that that LSU roster was a great representation of of what it's got to look like if you're going to consistently try to compete at that level and get into the College World Series with a real chance to win, not just get there. Because there are teams that just get there, and then you look at their roster, and they're they're just not able to compete at that kind of level. You need a few big portal ads every year. You do. And you've got to really nail your high school recruiting with high end talented guys and develop those guys. Like that's, that's the way it's got to be. It's like that in basketball too. You know, it's basketball, the one, the whole, we went through the one and done phase that doesn't work anymore. You can't have five diaper dandies out there. They just, they'll just lose. You need, you know, you need the really mature guys. You need a couple of portal ads. You need a couple of really high end freshman guys to kind of help boost the athleticism in the, in the kind of the, the ceiling of the roster. And that's how you've seen it work in basketball too. Um, football's kind of like that now as well. Like, but that LSU roster, like 
you mentioned it, you know, Cruz was not a portal guy. Trey Morgan was not a portal guy. Um, they got contributions from key freshmen um, on the mound, um, especially out of the bullpen. So, you know, Tommy White and Skeens, and, and they're going to get a lot of attention. And, you know, Thatcher Hurd was a huge name. And, you know, he didn't probably didn't have the season many thought he would. It played a really pivotal role. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the way it's got to look. And we'll, we'll probably do a podcast strictly at some point on, like, NIL and all that sort of stuff. I've got a lot of thoughts about where the game could be going and things like that. I hope we're not heading towards a college football situation where all of the talent is just concentrated in five or six spots. And it's like, okay, like, because the nature of baseball, you know, like we said, like the number one overall seed hasn't won in how many years, but now we're starting to see a talent shift to where you've got, Chase Burns from Tennessee entering in the portal today, which who knows what happens with him. That's that's kind of been all over the place. But Wake Forest had top guys enter the portal. Alabama's Friday night guy enters the portal. Like, I kind of fear that we might be shifting towards a situation like college football, where in college football you see Georgia and Ohio State and um, Alabama and um, those types of programs just grabbing all the five stars and then plucking a few portal guys here and there. And they just have so much talent. Um, compared to everybody else, which hasn't ever really been the case in college baseball. College baseball has always been the, you can have the Coastal Carolinas or the Fresno States or the LSUs or the Miamis back in the day and the Texas and all that sort of stuff. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out because there's clearly becoming a haves and have nots, especially in a sport that isn't a money-making sport for all the programs. Yeah. I mean, and it, I, I will say too, that a lot of the number, I, I would caution uh, listeners, readers, whatever, whatever you are to, uh, not believe a lot of the numbers that you're hearing being thrown around as far as what some of these baseball players are being offered. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that some of them aren't getting good money because they are, but you know, some of the stuff that you heard coming out the last couple of weeks, or even, you know, all, as far back as last summer what, on some of these guys and what they're supposedly making is, pretty far fetched and pretty far cry from reality. Um, you know, and, and I think that part of it, you know, like you said, we'll do a whole nother episode on this at some point, but I think a lot of it's going to come back down to earth over the next couple of years. Um, yeah. if I'm being honest, but you know, I mean, it's, it, it's just an, another added element and the guys that can figure out how to do it, mm-hmm. uh, will have an advantage and that's what LSU did. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that train's not stopping anytime soon, the way that staff gets out and works and, um, yeah. Tony, man, it's like anytime we hear of a guy in Texas that's kind of starting to blow up, we hear LSU is is kicking the tires and seeing yeah. seeing what's going on there. I mean, those guys got got eyes and ears everywhere and, and really get after it on the recruiting trail. And it certainly showed it's going to continue to show. But um, well, let's get into it with the Alex Bregman World Series. We're going to go pool by pool like we did with the Pudge recap and just kind of we're not going to be able to touch on every team and certainly not every player. Uh, we're going to go through and, and share some of our notes and observations from all the games we saw out at the Z-Plex um, at Melissa. Um, shout out to the uh, first shout out to the champions, UBC 15U Gallegos. Uh, thrilling way to win it. Um, survive the semifinal game with a 5-4 win and then get to the championship game and, and win 2-1. Um, just a really, really exciting championship Sunday in the Alex Bremen World Series. But uh, Pool A, where we'll start, was eventually won by the Scorpions 2026 Black. And 
Uh, I just, I watched this team early on the first day and I was like, man, I love watching this group, the talent, the athleticism, the tools up and down the roster. It was a really, really fun team to watch. Um, you know, uh, Nathan Eveler from Kingwood Park, uh, one of my favorite left-handed hitters in the entire event. He had a really clutch walk-off to win a big game for those guys. He got on the mound, too, was up to 82, threw a lot of strikes from the right side. Huge fan of him. Trey Allen behind the plate, catcher from Bridgeland. Great frame, great mover for the catcher position. Uh, he had, a, I think, a look at my nose, but I think he had a 1.93 in-game pop to throw a guy out. Um, just looks like a kind of a catcher. has got a really, really high-end season. Um, you go down the list, man. Jeffrey Todd Darden, uh, really interesting outfielder. Uh, Bryson Kinsey at shortstop. It was just a really, really fun team to watch. Um, just a lot of talent, a lot of athleticism, and like a lot of competitiveness too. I mean, those guys really played the game at a high level. Yeah, they were, I mean, shoot, over the last two weeks, uh, every team we've seen up here from the Scorpions organization yep. has shown well. Um, definitely a, an organization that's up and coming and, and needs to be paid a lot of attention to because they are, there's, they have figured it out and they, you know, it's kind of like what we talked about with the slammers. There's not, there's not an obvious, uh, distinction on, you know, how the teams are split up, you mm -hmm. know, from a, at least from a talent standpoint. And, you know, I think that's why they, you see them have multiple teams do well in an event like this. And, uh, this is no different. I mean, the black team and then the Easton team, both were really, really impressive. Um, you know, for me on, on this group, you mentioned a couple of them with Trey Allen and Nathan Evler, uh, Bryson Kinsey, the shortstop, uh, very impressive. And then, I don't know the circumstances, but they had a player, Jeffrey Todd uh, Darden, early in the week um, that that was there and wasn't there at the end. But uh, Corey Wilson was good. Um, Wade Seebeck had some really good at-bats. Uh, just, just a really impressive performance by those guys. Um, let's see who else. On, on the mound, Hugh Wilhelm was good. Uh and then Jackson Morrow also showed well on the mound, but really impressive. Like the way they played, um, you know, you could tell they were well coached. The way they mm -hmm. carried themselves uh, was impressive. And I just, I, I came away, you know, like you said, you combine the two events, um, th they've got things rolling down there with the Scorpions. <laughs> and the other thing, you know, we mentioned this with the Slammers, like think about the team like if they had a super team, like some of the teams choose to put together, mm -hmm. you know, if you combine Scorpions black and then the Easton from this group, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at a pretty stacked roster there as far as baseball players go. Um, yeah. You know, we, I think, we'll talk about Easton a little bit later on, but like, yeah, like you said, like, I mean that they made the, they won their bracket. Like they made it to the championship portion too. Like it's just, you know, the, the high end talent. And you look at a lot of the high schools on the roster too. It's a lot of usual suspects, you know, Cypress Woods, Cy Ranch, Concordia Lutheran, Bridgeland, like programs that are just consistently pumping out a lot of talent and, and competing at a high level. Um, I'm going to guess like, I know like there's a big state seven on seven football tournament. So I'm wondering if, if that's where Darden was. Uh, Cause I know a couple of players that we saw earlier in the week headed out there. Um, a lot of multi-sport athletes we saw, which was, which was really fun to watch. No doubt. No doubt. 
Um, look at, you know, back going back uh, to another team in uh, Pool A, the BOA team out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Man, they put up some – I was, you know, sifting through the stats uh, this morning while we were looking up some of this stuff. And if there was a better offensive performance from a team this week, I would like to see it. Yeah. Um, I don't – I think you're going to have a pretty tough time finding it. Um, but, you know, obviously they get a lot of publicity uh, with Josiah Kemp, and rightfully so. Um, I is he, He's clearly athletic. Obviously, yep. I think it's the nephew. Of, most people know that he's the nephew of Matt Kemp. Uh, who was out at just it, I think all of the games, if not all, if not all of them, it was most of them. Um, but he's an advanced player uh, that still has a lot, a lot of room to continue to grow and continue to improve. But man, like the it, it's what I like about him the most. There's two things that stuck out to me. Um, he's a natural in center field. Uh, mm-hmm. Playing defense is easy for him. Very easy. He glides to balls. He gets good jumps. Um, but the the thing I think that impressed me the most about him is I think he has a really, he, he, I bet if we tested him on S2, he would have really good recognition skills. Yeah. Uh, because there were some really good pitches that were thrown to him late in counts with two strikes that you could tell he saw it right away and never even considered Mm -hmm. swinging. Um, just, I, you could tell, and that's advanced for a kid that age. Um, I mean, it was it was very clear that he was on the pitches and knew knew what he was seeing. I came away really impressed with him on that. Um, just scanning some of the numbers for some of these guys, they look like video game numbers. Uh, yeah, Grady it's Tom- crazy. Grady Thomas had a really good tournament. Mason Thornton had a really good tournament. Um, let's see, moving down, Luke Hill, uh, Ritson Meyer, Trenton. Luke DeBusk. I mean, like these guys always had these guys had some insane stat lines for for the number of at bats that they had, especially too. I mean, they they put up some big big numbers. Mason Thornton had ten RBIs and scored ten runs. That's crazy in um, seven games. In seven games, yeah. Luke Hill seven RBIs, five runs. Lane Seaton, go ahead and flip that for five RBIs, seven runs. Um, just, I mean. let's see they scored 58 runs in seven games so yeah 961 team ops and only eight strikeouts so they barely struck out on average more than once a game like really really impressive luke hill especially to me was a guy i had circled uh just as really really advanced hit feel um and like you said with Kim, I mean, there are a lot of guys that just kind of the way they tracked pitches and stuff like that was just seemed to be a little bit different um than a lot of other people and that's that's one of the things that this age group that kind of stands out a lot is that like if you can really process what you're seeing in the batter's box um typically you're gonna you're gonna stick out in a good way just because you know you get a little the approaches aren't as refined and the skill and the reps and seeing all the stuff um on the mound and things like that uh but this whole lineup man it's uh you know, programs in Oklahoma, when these guys are eligible to be recruited, um, chances are you're going to be you're going to be spending some time recruiting these guys. A lot of them went to the same high school, too. A lot of Elgin schools in Oklahoma, uh, Piedmont, Newcastle, Memorial, uh, Westmore in there with with camp, which, you know, is a loaded program. So uh, they were certainly a, a lot of fun and to watch. For spoiler sure. alerts, at least one of the high schools you've mentioned will be in the festival next year. Ooh, all right. So. 
All right. I won't give I won't give all of the info away as to who it is. Yeah, I'm sure people can probably connect the dots there, but we won't we won't share it yet. Um, (laughs) Jackson Johnson on the mound. Um, Control is a little bit iffy. Ended up throwing 11 innings for those guys. Punched out eight. Um, He was kind of the main arm for them, but really the bats just just carried um, so much of the load for those guys as they made a deep deep run um, into the uh, into the bracket championship. There, they actually um, they actually beat Scorpions Black in the first game and to force the second game in Scorpions Black. I believe that was the game that was the walk off winner. uh, So they had a they had a walk off triple in extra innings to go to to the semifinals and then they lost on a walk-off triple up to uh, bases loaded in the semifinals. Oh, that's just so, yeah, they, experiencing they live, both, at both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you live by the walk-off triple, you die by the walk-off yeah, triple. Yeah, what are the odds? So, walk-off triple, too. That's kind of a kind of rare. We're seeing some bunch of walk-off triples. I feel like we saw like a couple – other other event five tool events outside of Texas like walk off and inside the park grand slams and stuff a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, another team that made a lot of noise in Pool A GPS Legends 15U Clements, um, a group that um, you know Scott Knight was a guy I had circled that that caught my attention with what he was doing defensively at shortstop. Um, another Rouse guy down here in my neck of the woods. Um, seems like they've got shortstops after shortstops coming through the program um, there. Uh, Cole Stevens was another guy that I had mentioned, or I had circled, excuse me, ended up with a 1.625 OPS, um, just one strikeout, hit two bombs. I mean, he's got some strength already that really shows in the bat. Uh, and, and, like, when he, when he hit homers, like, it was like a guy that he's used to hitting homers. Like, it wasn't some big surprise to him that the ball flew out of the yard with a wood bat, even though that he's a, uh, even though that he's a 2026 player. Um, so he he was a really, really productive guy for them um, in the middle of the lineup there. Um, I had Braden Rogers circle at the catcher position just because, you know, the way he looks, um, you know, the way he profiles there, I think he's going to fill out some. He's got a chance to stick there behind the dish, but um, you know, another group, a lot of syntax guys from nine neck of the woods, uh, but Cole Stevens, you can make the case for him. Definitely one of the better power hitters in this event. Um, just we're blasting two home runs like this age group. It's, you know, it's a little bit iffy on guys can actually swing wood bats or not. You can tell the guys that just need to get more physical, um, and the guys that can actually swing at some and he actually threw six innings on the mound as well, but he was definitely a guy that caught my attention. Yeah, I didn't I don't I didn't even get to see them, but I will say that looking at the roster, one of the one of their players, Matthew Mabry, uh his mom, uh she I believe she played softball in college, but I worked with her at Texas. She was in the oh, okay. she was in the compliance department. So I I worked with her. She was assigned to a lot of stuff on the baseball side of things. Um but yeah, so fun fact there. You just know everybody. They they used to call you the mayor for a reason. That's for sure. Um, yeah, well, until until Casey Clemens stole my title, so I was oh yeah glad 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 to give that title up to him. He he definitely he definitely earned it. So I, I was happy to pass that title on to him. He but. he knew how to work a press conference. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Once you. Once you went over Kirk Bowles in the press conference setting, uh, you're kind of you're set up for 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 a while. Get some love there. Uh, Firestar Performance DFW 2026 Calhoun. 
Another group that played deep into pool A, um, you know, Ricky Clemens, 1.633 OPS, no strikeouts. Uh, I love seeing the guys with the, with the no strikeouts or the, the high walks or vice versa. Um, Easton Stagel, 1.083 OPS, six walks during here. Um, this is a group that that was well-rounded, had some strong performances offensively. Um, you know, kind of did most of their damage there with with the bats, uh, getting on base a ton, took a lot of walks, uh, you know, 21 walks in four games. Patient approach there paid off for those guys. Uh, but Clemens, uh, Christian Sanchez uh, had a really strong event, ended up hitting 600, um, you know, with with a 1.467 OPS. Uh, so definitely a group that did some damage with the bats. Yeah, I, again, there, that was a team that I didn't get to see, but wish I had. I mean, I know – it's it, it's tricky too because I, I I try to bounce around and see some out of town teams early to see some some kids that we won't see on an everyday basis. So unfortunately, sometimes the the local teams don't get my attention early on in these in these things. And you know, but luckily I I will know that I'll get to see them quite a bit moving forward. And you know, it, but it is a good way to gather names going back through and looking at the numbers like this. Um, you know, it's. It's very, very helpful to start compiling some of these names as we look to start putting together some of our lists for future years. Yeah. Uh, speaking of out-of-town teams, Canes, Oklahoma, um, was a tough out in, in Pool A as well. And then Joey McLaughlin, like, you talk about a guy that that looks the part at that age. Um, strong, physical, like, but a good mover, though. You know, not one of those guys that's just kind of big, strong, and stiff at a young age, moved well. Uh, definitely a dynamic two-way talent um, could really swing the bat with some bat speed. Uh, you can tell that he can re- already create some impact off the barrel. Um, and then he got on the mound. He was really interesting as well um, up to 83 miles an hour uh, kind of big curveball with some depth, some shape with some spin rates up to 2,400, just kind of a good look. I mean, that kind of body, that kind of arm action um, from the left side, uh, certainly a guy that you're really, really going to want to bet on and pay attention to. Uh, moving forward from Hera High School there um, in Oklahoma. Listed at 6'3", 185, and I, I got to say, it, it looked accurate. Um, you know, he just looked like a guy that's like, you could drop him in the 17U event, and he certainly wouldn't look out of place. Um, Briar Rojas was another guy that caught my attention, uh, just just like the way he moved and his physicality and how he projected moving forward. Um, and then Asher Fowler as well had a really, really big-time event with the bat, 1.361 OPS, only one strikeout. Um, he did a lot of damage with the a lot of damage with the bat as well, in addition to McLaughlin, who um definitely established himself as a dude that a lot of schools in Oklahoma are going to be following once he's he's on that recruiting radar. Yeah, definitely. I uh put uh, going back to uh, trying to put the wrap on pool A, but um didn't get to see the the, the slammers a ton. You know, one one thing I think it's worth mentioning too is like you know, it, it's it can be tricky at the at this age, uh, especially just because you know the you can tell there are some guys that are really good players now that are good, not just good, but dominant because of their size. So mm-hmm. trying to sift between like, hey, who are actually the skilled guys? Trying to project which guys are going to get bigger. You know, trying to figure out what what the parents look like, you know I mean? I think that can play a big role, you know, not as much for us as some of the pro scouts, but like, 
you know, it, it, it is interesting to kind of try to pair kids together and see, you know, if you can make some educated guesses on, you know, how much a kid's going to continue to grow. Like there's, there's some guys that we'll talk about later that um, are physically big now, but they're, you know, just gauging by how they, how young they look in the face and how yes, yeah. um, undefined, you know, some of the like musculature is in their body is like, that's, it's, it's tricky. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that I'm interested to follow over the next couple of years. You know, that's why I always try to hold on to these notes and the scout packets from all of our events and mm-hmm. go back and check and see what notes we made and, you know, and then go back and look and see what height weight changes are made in the program and all that kind of stuff too. But, um, but it is, especially, you know, you toss in the added factor of them adding wood. There weren't many home runs hit this weekend. No. Uh-huh. Um, and so when we talk about guys that hit them, that's that's a pretty impressive feat. And then, you know, my if I didn't see it live, the first thing I want to look and go do is see is like, does this kid look like he's done growing or does he look like he's even mm-hmm. younger than 14 or 15 years old? So um, that it's kind of an added, an added uh, layer to the – talking about prospects at this age that, you know, is, is both fair and unfair to, to the kids and then to evaluators. And it's what makes a lot of, you know, I think a lot of the coaches excited that we're not going to be dealing with um, so much of the, so many of the younger offers like we oh, have. It's t- yeah. It's, it's, you know, projecting those, those kids at, at that age. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. You just don't know, you know, what skill and, and size and athletic like all those sorts of things what it's going to look like years down the road but yeah it's fun it's one of the reasons why like as painstaking of a process as it is doing like the notes after these events um which our pledge ones are done i'm gonna be publishing those today once i tag the 300 kids that are mentioned but like i go through and i like we we highlight and we want to mention so many kids because it's awesome now at the website that like a year from now when you're like hey you know, somebody asks you, Hey man, have you ever seen so-and-so play? It's like, I think I have, let's just go to his profile. Oh, we talked about him at the Bregman podcast. Oh yeah. I remember that guy yeah. who did this, 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 or like, Oh, I see. I wrote about him at this event and go through and like, Oh yeah. He, you know, he was a pitcher. He could spin it a little bit. And you know, you know, it's just fun to kind of look back a couple of years. Like, like I always talk like Lucas Franco was that kind of guy for me. Like I saw him at a random, I think fall event um, down at premier uh, like one of my first months at five told, I was like, Oh my gosh, this left-handed swing, like this, this guy's going to be really special. And then fast forward TCU commits him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's one of the the top 2025, 2025 prospects um, in the nation. So it's just kind of fun to look back at stuff that way. And, you know, there are going to certainly be a lot of guys we mentioned today that are going to fall into that bucket as well. Um, one more team from pool a Marucci elite, Texas Benson, a um, couple of guys caught my eye. Um, Cameron Benson had really interesting actions uh, defensively. A guy that looked like the middle of the diamond defender. Um, chance to stick at shortstop. Uh, you know, good frame projection there. I, I think he's got a chance to really develop into a, a good prospect. Um, Cole Johnson had a big event with the bat. Um, Peyton Parrish as well. Both those guys didn't strike out once and, and really swung the bats. Well, this team collectively – um, really, really swung it well. And they had some standout performances on the mound too. Gonzalo Martinez punched out 11 and in five innings. Um, Ryder Brill racked up 13 strikeouts in seven innings. 
Um, definitely a, a really interesting team. You know, it's it's kind of like those Scorpions teams, a lot of Marucci teams to where like if they just all combined them into one, it kind of a little super team, they would definitely do a lot of damage. But each one of those teams, you know, had a few standout guys um, and they all they all competed well. I mean, this I kind of think back to the Manly last year where they had two teams standing in the final deal there. And uh, certainly they've shown well in both the Pudge and the Bregman so far this summer. Yeah, you know, thinking about it too, as I look back through some of the scout books, um, one thing that I would encourage people to do is, number one, make sure that you're entering your information right as far as like heights, weights, and especially stuff like GPA, because I know that we get asked by quite a few schools uh, for the scout books, the teams that don't attend. And that's one of the first things that they look at. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know like the Ivy League schools are super interested in that. So if you make a grades, make sure that you include it when you're filling out stuff to sign up for our events. And then on the website, um, just because, I mean, like I know from my personal uh, standpoint, like I've, I circled a bunch of guys over the last two weeks for future academic teams that were. That's, that, I mean, I remember us sitting in the press box at Melissa, like that's what I was doing with the scout books. I was going through, right. I was like. Who did I write down? Okay, what was their listed GPA? Oh, I can circle this guy. We can try to get him on academic team. Yeah, no, it's it, that's a real thing. I mean, it's something that people pay attention to. Now, the tricky part is, is that you know now there's so many schools that are on like five, six, or seven point GPA scales. Oh, gosh, and so like yeah. you know, like I, I don't know how to combat that part, but I know there was definitely some kids that I was like, oh, you have a four GPA. 4.0 GPA and it's like yeah well it's out of seven so um <laughs> but yeah just something to think about I, yeah I don't, don't, know. I don't, don't make I don't us, know how to don't, combat that part yeah combat that part um but yeah so we're not working you're not working with high GPA well you probably had a really high GPA but one of us didn't have a high GPA at Texas so don't make me do more math than I need to do I had a I had a better GPA at Texas than I did in high school. I actually started taking it seriously. Oh, I was the but, way opposite. Like once I got to college, I was like, all right, the G uh, I'm in a prof- I'm in a major where GPA doesn't matter. Just uh, get it done and get out of here. Um, Pool B had the uh, the eventual champion UBC 15U Gallegos um, had a great run. Um, it's a team that like I saw like I mean either the second day or the third day, just kind of, I was just going through and going to what I thought were some of the best matchups and bouncing around from field to field. And then I went and sat on these guys for a game and I was like, Whoa, this lineup is, uh, is a lot of fun. It was like dude after dude after dude. Um, in the lineup there, obviously Joshua Byers is a, is a famous name, a guy that we saw in the five tool festival, uh, playing shortstop for Rock Hill, but now he's a he's a Walnut Grove guy. Uh, I believe that new high school there in the Prosper area. That's a that's one way to start your program. Getting Joshua Byers in there help get things going. But um, I knew he could swing it. I knew he could play shortstop. I didn't know he could pitch like he did. I mean, he was up to eighty eight miles an hour off the mound, which is one of the fun things about our summer events. Is that like if you play deep into the event, you've got to lean on all of your arms. So sometimes you see yeah. these guys that are infielders or outfielders, but middle infielders that don't typically pitch, they get up on the mound and like, wow, this looks really good. Like there's arm strength, there's repeatability, there's some strike throwing in there. Like, yeah, you might be, you might be a two-way prospect and not, not just a hitter guy, but um, virus was good. But uh, Brock Burkett, man, had an event, another Keller guy in the 2026 class 
I feel like we've talked about so many of those guys, whether it's the the, the Pudge or the Bregman, and we're not just trying to suck up to Brooks Van Landingham, but these guys are like <laughs> legit, legit good. I mean, Brock Burkett, like you were, you told me about him, and I went and saw him, and like first at bat, it was like whack, just quick barrel, great contact, sent a screaming line drive into the gap, and then mowed it around for a triple. I was like, yeah, this. This guy can hit. Um, he definitely established himself as one of the best left-handed hitters um, in the event. And I had him at like four, four, five on a turn. So a guy that runs fairly well, additionally, and in, in, in addition to hitting. Um, but I, I think there's some strength in, in the swing and the way the ball comes off the bat already. Um, but he really, really performed at a high level. Um, Hayden O had a great event. I mean, you, you saw these guys. It was just like guy after guy, just up and down the roster there. Just a really complete team um, that performed very, very well. Yeah, I mean, it, some some big time future stars on on this group. Obviously, we everyone knows about Byers. Uh, you know what I was impressed with that he was. I mean, he won the infield MVP award. Um, you know, that's obviously chosen due to our ties. To, with Alex Bregman to the event, but mm -hmm. I mean, so that being a special award, and by the way, the awards for this tournament were sick. Like they, we gave away a world series Jersey uh, to the MVP. We gave the space city, um, the city connect. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the city connect uh, to, to buyers for getting that infield award. Um, but yeah, Brock Burkett was, you know, you talk about guys that look young too. Like I, I think he's probably going to get bigger um austin smith had a good arm uh was impressive on the mound mm -hmm. uh Jaden patel was good on the mound um let's see who else uh jeffrey claycomb behind the dish i had him written down um yes physical 2.03 pop in game he, he's got a chance to stick there and also really hit as well no doubt he i mean that the top of the lineup for them i mean for the first couple of games they they were going Burkett, Byers, Claycomb. Um, by the end of it, they were uh, they had Bryce Hubbard up at the top of the lineup, and man, there's some some real tools there. Mm -hmm. uh, Garner Rodriguez. I mean, they you know they've got some some younger brothers on this team of guys that uh, have gone on to play at a pretty high level. Garner Rodriguez obviously is the brother of Grayson Rodriguez. Um, you know, he's listed at six seven two hundred, and I believe that. I mean, I don't, I have no reason to think that that's not spot on, but um, he's going to, he's going to be a big arm to follow in the future, uh, you know, and play, played, uh, hit well, um, played some, some good defense. Like there's some athleticism there uh, for such a big frame um, kind of scanning through some of this to see. I mean, there yeah, was Jake, there was, Jake Felsman at shortstop. I like the way he moved there and whether he played the position um, yeah, I mean, we could probably mention pretty much this whole, whole roster. Yeah, Chandler um, Chandler Tellus was good, and I felt you know Hayden No was a guy that when you go back and look at some of the numbers and how they performed, I mean, you know, if there hadn't been some just incredible performances across the board, I mean, Hayden No was definitely in the conversation for MVP type stuff, mm -hmm. uh, most valuable pitcher. I mean, like he he did he had himself a nice little event and, you know, it's unfortunately we only had four awards to pick from, but he'd have been a guy that, you know, if there was anything else that we had in there, he, he would have been in contention for it just because he had a really, really good, um, 
a really good event. And I, I thought I was really impressed with him on the weekend. Yeah. Deserving champion. And they, they certainly had to earn it. I mean, they got really test tested um, in their bracket, but especially in that, that uh, the final, uh, final part of the championship series before they're eventually able to, to come out of there with some hard fought type victories there, but a really fun group and a lot of guys that we're going to be hearing more from in the future. Um, North Texas Longhorns Williams. I caught a little bit of them at our Sam Houston state event. And I was really excited to, uh, to see them some more before we recording. You, you brought this up. Um, our guy, Chase Hoffman, 1.397 OPS, but he only had two hits because he walked <laughs> nine times. Nine walks in 17 plate appearances. Talk about having an approach. Um, and one of his hits was a bomb, like, you know, kind of a, a, you know, three true outcomes kind of guy. Like, hey, home run, walk, and, uh, you know, I would say he didn't really strike out much. He only had three strikeouts. So um, definitely a guy that that uh, that had a nice event there at the bat, One of their, certainly one of their most productive hitters for sure. Um, Trevor Ellis is the guy that I had written down again, who caught my eye also at our St. Houston state event, just, um, tall. It, it looks like a guy that's going to be a future physical kind of middle of the order kind of bat, um, played a lot of first base, but can kind of, I think he's got the skill to kind of profile other places as well. Listed at six three one eighty five, I thought that looked accurate. Wouldn't surprise me if we're talking, see him down the road as like a six four two hundred guy. Um, that's got some juice. That's kind of competing for a big time role. Um, at Prosper um, in the future down the road. But, um, you know, fun group, um, play the game really, really well. Uh, just enjoy always watching them, feel like they've always got some skill. Um, they've always got some strong catching. Um, Andrew Curry was really good on the mound, eight strikeouts, no walks, um, and seven innings. Um, he really performed at a high level for those guys. And, uh, yeah, just every time we see a North Texas Longhorns group, um, they're usually winning some games and have some interesting players. Yeah, definitely. I, I I was impressed with them. Um, looking at the, looking through my notes, um, I I just I had a bunch of guys circled. Um, one of the team, one of the guys that that I really liked uh, on that team was uh, let's see, there there it is, Cannon Webb. Um, he was uh, really really. I just have a note out to the side of him that says defense plus plus um and i didn't get to watch a whole lot of their games but multiple times while glancing over there from another field i saw him make some really slick plays and that's mm. what led me to to add him over there but uh exciting little piece for prosper um he's you know he's he looks like an elite defender from what i could tell um so i'll be interested to follow him for sure Rawlings, Arkansas's prospect scout, uh, just a, a group that could really swing the bats. I really enjoyed watching them. And a familiar name for us, Sean Cober, who was a standout freshman um, in the Five Tool Festival uh, from Conway High School in Arkansas, um, a guy that, that caught our attention with the way that he was swinging the bat and his future as a catcher, um, was again that I, another guy that I heard circle. It was just nice, like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. He caught our attention um, in the spring and there he was doing it in, in, uh, in the summer event as well. But, um, Bowman Stein could, could really swing it. Uh, I liked his swing from the, from the left side. He's got some present strength already. Um, he could really drive the baseball. I think he's got a future as a possible middle of the order masher kind of guy. Um, who else did I have went down? Um, Max Holland hit lead off of them. I really liked his swing. 
Um, Jaden Green is a guy that I, I thought had some tools, just kind of really athletic movements. Um, he kind of reminded me some of like what I thought of like Dylan Schlegel when he was really young, just kind of that mm-hmm. kind of compact but athletic body, kind of those explosive, twitchy kind of actions. Just a guy that seemed, you know, really, really interesting long term was a chance to kind of uh, develop into a dude that's got some solid all around tools there. Um, Fun group, man. They really swung the bat well. Um, I, 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 I enjoyed watching them, and you could tell that um, they represented their area well. Uh, a lot of Arkansas guys, I think almost uh, everybody was from Arkansas, a couple, um, couple of Mississippi guys, but you could tell it, it was some of the best of the best from Arkansas um, because those are going to be guys that have uh, a lot of bright futures on that roster. Yeah, uh, another team, I, I didn't I didn't get a whole, whole lot of chance to see them, but – uh, one of my former teammates and someone that you covered, uh, Michael Torres, brought his 2027 group from of next the next level team uh, out from Orange County, and man, they, like they're they're a good example of you know kids that just play the game the right way. You can tell mm-hmm. that they're well coached, and um, you know, knowing Michael, Michael was such a gamer and just you know really knew how to play the game, and you can kind of see that that uh, that shows up for his team. Um, just the way they play, like I, you know, that obviously physically these 2027 teams are, you, you can tell that a lot of them are the 2027 yeah, yeah. group, but man, like they do things the right way. Like they're, they know how to do cutoffs. They know which bases to throw it to. Um, definitely not scared. Definitely not scared. That's, we'll talk about that 2027, um, uh, five-star team or yeah five-star team later that has some similar stuff but man I was really impressed just my limited time seeing that next level group uh, Michael does a good job with those guys and you know he's starting to pump out some players at the at the older age groups too because they're you know they're, you're starting to see some of those next level kids come in some really big programs it seems like they're just taking off so that was, that's all that I had for who will be uh, the 2026, 20, uh, 12 black, Texas, 12 black, Jeremiah McCraney at shortstop caught my eye, just high level defender, uh, good clean actions there. Uh, he's going to have a chance to stick. Uh, and then, um, uh, Camden Cluett, um, excuse me, not Camden Cluett. That's his older brother, Wyatt Cluett, uh, from Montgomery. Uh, I saw him down 12 scout league earlier on this, this, uh, this summer and like, he like it, it was one of those guys when he got in the batter's box on the left side and he's tall like he's at least 63 he might be 64 um but like when he got in there it was like okay he's going to hit the ball hard somewhere is it going to be at somebody or or where is it going to go like he hit 300 uh, 417 300 but I'm telling you like the bats I saw he hit some rockets um at people and he got in the mound um, it was really interesting on the mound too. Uh, up to 82 miles an hour, this changeup, a lot of right on right changeups that he threw for whiffs. Um, just you know, one of those pitches like, dude, just th- just throw that until they prove they can hit it. Um, and that's kind of what he did. Um, you know, he thrown to the lefties and righties, getting a lot of a lot of swings and misses there. But um, second look at him, and uh, I think he's got a chance to be a really really um, high level player. Um, and then Daniel J. O'Brien behind the dish, 2.10 in game pop, uh, strong arm, another Tom ball guy in the 2026 class. Um, then Jake Ernest caught my eye in center field, um, uh, just with the way he was reading the ball, his routes covered a lot of ground there. Um, I think he's got a chance to possibly be an impact defender there as well. 
Um, but yeah, that uh that five star performance DFW twenty twenty seven black team. Um, I had I had Cole Johnson circle just for what he was doing on the mound and, and JL JW Powell as well. They had some interesting arms for sure. But like you said, um, you can kind of tell that you know this age group when you go from the going to be sophomores to the going to be freshmen. Off the time, you get a pretty big disparity in the physicality. Yeah, it, this the one thing about that team. Obviously, I lied because we're not done with this. Uh, I thought I forgot they were in Pool B, but they are um, loaded. Uh, that is a team that is going to compete for a lot of big time stuff uh, in their age group. And I mean, you know that. What I felt about UBC last week, I thought UBC showed really well playing against the older group last mm-hmm. week. That's how I felt about this performance team this week. Um, you see me shuffling through my notes to try to, I thought I was going to be smart and arrange these, um, my sheets, but apparently I put them all over the place in no real organized fashion. But um, I know Hudson Holt, uh, I know he can play, um, you know, his Dad obviously is a uh, famous AM alum. I think he's still the home run leader. Uh, it will be interesting to see. Here we go. Sorry about that. Um, be interesting to see if Jace LaViolette uh, stays long enough to break that record or not. But uh, Dalen may be in some trouble. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, Holt, the way that ball is flying out this year, yeah, he might be in trouble. He He's an athletic uh, right, right infielder. Um, he's going to have a chance to really hit. You can tell he knows what he's doing at the plate. You already talked about Colt Johnson. Um, Max Bachman was a guy that stood out to me. Um, he, you know, for a 2027 team, they, they actually did have some physicality. Um, you know, they're more of it in a, in the form of being longer, uh, mm-hmm. but they were long and athletic. Um, and, and they did not back down. I think it was funny. I, I was joking with one of the, one of the coaches, um, I think they ended up getting no hit by UBC. Um, but I came away more impressed with them after getting no hit than I had been in the previous games that I saw them because I felt like top to bottom, man, they, they got, they got in the box and they just knew they looked like they knew what they were doing. They mm. weren't intimidated. Um, they took good swings. Um, the, the, the strength just is wasn't there, you know, like some really good contact made, especially with wood. Um, but you know, like you said, the physicality just didn't match some of the older guys, but man, like they showed well. Um, and I would be very, very pleased, which, and, and I think the coaches were for that team just because, I mean, like I said, they, they competed, they won three games. Um, they, they, they put themselves in the conversation and you can tell they know how to win. Um, I just got a sense that they knew that they were good, not in a cocky way, but just in a, you know, Hey, you know, we know what we're doing. We're not afraid. Like we're going to play hard. Um, and they did. I, 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 I was really impressed. So I, going back to Hudson Holt, Chase Robbins was another guy that had a good event. Nate Cisneros. I have it marked down that he threw some, threw a good ball from the outfield. Uh, Davis Montgomery got down the line pretty quick. Max Bachman. Uh, was good you said Cole Johnson uh, Kellen Cantrell had some uh, showed some power uh, for that age group um, I didn't see all their games uh, Suhoon Cho uh, swung the bat I like I liked what he was trying to do at the plate um, Weston Williams 
uh, showed some good stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, I got pretty much everyone that I saw for them did something that was worth, you know, sticking with, yeah. uh, moving forward for them. And I'm, I'm really curious to watch them over the next couple of years if they stick together and, uh, continue, continue on this path as a team, because they, I was really impressed with them. They, they, they did a really good job and they showed well, and they should be proud of their weekend out there playing up against the, against the older kids. Yeah. They'll be better off for it for sure. Um, no doubt. if that's no a doubt. group that's in the, I'm assuming they will be in the Muncie, um, probably, you know, putting betting odds on some teams. I, I, I bet on them getting, getting deep into that event. Uh, moving over to national pool C our champions coming out of there was the other Scorpions 2026 team, Easton, who won a, a hard-fought battle against uh, 2026 U.S. Nationals Mid-South uh, to get the championship Sunday. And another team is just like, I got a lot of guys circled. A lot of guys caught my attention. I got to start with Jackson Marshall at the top of the order, playing center field, leadoff hitter. I'm at 419 down the line. Just really interesting tools. Listed at six foot one sixty five, looked pretty accurate to me. He's got some projection, kind of on those loose frames that's going to fill out. Uh, a Lake Creek guy, I mean, Lake Creek's just going to reload. They had a couple guys in there, Harper Heathcote, um, who threw really well on the mound um, from the left side, was up to eighty miles an hour, command control, also hit three hole and was productive for those guys on the Lake Creek well, product. But um, he, he was, the, was, he was the most, yeah, he uh, Harper was the most valuable pitcher for the. For the tournament so yeah he was he was impressive yeah two starts 11.1 innings 10 strikeouts only you have three hits uh like it wasn't like the stuff was good uh it wasn't like he was just some super arm strength guy that was blown it away from people he could actually pitch uh especially for a guy that's already looked to be about six one he looks like six foot um but good frame um he's going to project moving forward as well and then i know a guy that you and i uh, and Brooks talked about as well, Grant Strada playing shortstop. Um, really defended at a high level, hit tool, good at bat, good athleticism. Um, he's going to have a real chance. Um, Gage Blink, I had written down as a guy that I really liked his swing and his hitting feel. Um, and then Isaac Robles, getting to see him on the mound. Cypher prospect, he's already committed to Rice, uh, could really spin the baseball. He had slider spin rates up to 2,500 RPM, and it was a 78-mile-an-hour slider. And then he also threw a distinct curveball at 72 miles an hour with spin rates up to 2,800, which is you just don't really see that that often from a 2026 prospect. Um, good frame. Um, you know, sat, I believe, like 81 to 83 at the fastball, but there's going to be way more on the tank moving forward. Uh, he's definitely got a chance to emerge as one of the better – uh, better pitchers in the Houston area over the course of his career. But uh, just a blast to watch these guys. A lot of talent and athleticism up and down the lineup in the roster. Yeah, I was a big fan of Mark Macklin on the mound. Mm -hmm. uh, he, I, I like the way he pitched. Um, came in, did some – kind of gives you a little bit different look. Uh, but I was impressed with him. Noah Nieto behind the plate. Uh, he, he did some good things back behind the plate and at it. So – um, yeah, just, you know, it's funny, like you, you get to the end of these and we're looking at doing some of the superlatives and some of the awards and, you know, you're five, six, seven games in and you look at the stats on some of the teams and you're like, Hmm, that's interesting. Like how, I wonder how they've made it this far. Um, and the, the answer is, is they just play really good baseball. And yeah. I think that that that's the mark of a really good team and a really good program. And I think that that's, 
you know, not that they didn't have some really good individual statistical performances because they did, but, you know, I think that sticks out to me that when, uh, you know, you don't have some of these just like monster numbers across the board and you're making it all the way to the finals um, in a tournament like that, mm-hmm. that tells me that you're playing some really good baseball and, you know, pitching and defense is factored in quite a bit like that. And, you know, playing, playing good offensive baseball, it's not just all about putting up monster stats. There's ways that you can be extremely successful, whether that's, you know, running the base as well, hitting behind runners, doing all kinds of stuff. So there's, you know, it's, I, that's something that stuck out to me the last two weeks as I've been going through and trying to um, look at some of the awards that, that we do as with, with our group, you know, as, as a collective effort, but it is, it is definitely interesting to see. Um, and I think the, the Scorpions fall into that category of just, you know, they play good baseball and that's how they end up winning a lot of baseball games. So. Yeah, it certainly shows in these events because, you know, the format that we use, you know, double elimination and uh, if you're going to win it, you're going to play some games. You're going to have to figure out a lot of different ways to win games, uh, especially as that pitching depth starts wearing down. Uh, 2026 U.S. Nationals Mid-South collection of Arkansas, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri prospect in there as well. Got a chance to, to watch these guys a little bit. And um, Andrew Blakenship was was one of my favorite prospects in the event. Um, 6'3", 166, kind of thin, loose frame. Showed a big arm from third base. Um, hit cleanup. Uh, covered the plate. He was spoiling some pitches out or half. Also hit a hard line drive up the middle on a fastball away. He's got some feel for hitting. I think he's going to grow into a little bit of power as well. Um, certainly a guy that was really, really interesting long now and long term as a prospect. Uh, Case Wells, 4-2 down the line, hitting two hole from the left side. Also saw him get up in the mound and uh, really good changeup. 66 mile an hour changeup that was flashing plus already. Um, 76 to 80 miles an hour with the fastball, a ton of strikes. Um, only 5'9", 165 right now. I think he's going to grow a little bit more um, in the future, but um, he caught my attention as well. Um, and just a, another group uh, that really represented kind of the what was the you know best of the best out there in Arkansas and some of those surrounding states. Cooper Mann, uh, leadoff hitter, was a guy that I, I had circled as well. Ended up scoring seven runs for those guys in six games. Uh, just a, a, a good at bat at the top of the lineup that can give you something there and get on base and kind of set the tone uh, for a team, which is what he did. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I made some notes on their pitching. You know, this is another team that offensively, if you look at their numbers, you're going to have a hard time figuring out how they went so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the 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 answer is pretty clear on this group is that they can really pitch. Uh, Drew Sherwood had a complete game where he gave up no earned runs. Uh, Jake Taylor had a complete game as well, uh, giving up only, let's see, one earned run on a CG effort. And then uh, another guy who gave up no runs and also um, has the first spelling of this, of his name this way that I've ever seen Zane Smith. Um, Assuming that is how it is pronounced, but Z E I G N Smith. He Hmm. threw five, five innings, struck out four, gave up no earned runs. So um, impressive showing by midst the nationals from mid South, um, Mm -hmm uh on the mound for sure throughout the event yeah point one point one team era for over six games for the event so that'll work um, that'll work yeah, that get to work. these things you throw quality strikes you're gonna have a chance to uh 
going to have a chance to win some ball games. Um, Kane's future is 2026 on a team that played deep in, into uh, to Pool C, a uh, team that I'm I'm definitely familiar with, a lot of uh, ATX guys and Central Texas guys. And uh, Big Cole Taylor, man, um, Central Texas Newcomer of the Year. Um, Pflugerville standout, right-handed hitting first baseman. Uh, he was a machine with the bat, um, hit 429, uh, didn't strike out a single time. It's a good right-handed swing. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that as he matures and, and adds strength, there's going to be some power element to his game as well. But right now it's a lot of line drives. Uh, he can drive the ball into the gaps, can hit some extra bases. Um, he's got a chance to be a really, really high-level player. Aro was playing at the varsity level this past season, and he's going to be the quarterback at Flugville, which I believe his dad is the head coach there as well. So uh, multi-sport standout guy that's got a future on, on the on the gridiron as well. Uh, Connor Como um, walked seven times, only two strikeouts, hit 400. <clears throat> Another uh, really tall. Um, he's got a chance to fill out considerably in the future. I believe he's up to 86 miles an hour on the mound. Um, wasn't as Terrified. productive as wasn't as productive as uh, on the mound as he has been on the past, but he's got some, he's legit two-way talent. Um, I was texting with uh, Coach Matthews there at Anderson. Um, I was like, hey, man, did, did uh, Connor Como end up, you know, moving into your area and transferring in? He's like, yeah, that was a really nice Christmas present for our program. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. He's going to be a guy that's got a, got a chance to be a really good player for you. Uh, another Anderson High School guy, Derek Piaz. Um Left-handed swing. It's a pretty left-handed swing. Gets a little bit long at times, but man, once he fills out and adds strength, uh, the way that bat's already moving, he, the ball is going to be jumping off there. I mentioned Rouse High School earlier on. Um, Jacob Solis was was one of my favorite players in the entire event. Um, natural defender at shortstop. Great baseball clock. Good clean actions. Really thinks the game at a high level. Um, everything kind of comes easy to him. There's some hit tool. Some barrel feel, um, made contact pretty easily. He's got a chance to stick at shortstop and, and really play at a high level. Like, I like you see guys, you see some shortstops that are talented and they kind of like wait on the ball. Like this was a guy that goes and gets the ball and like plays mm-hmm. through the ball and wants to handle the baseball. And you could tell um, he's definitely got a future there um, at shortstop. Uh, Jorian Gwynn can fly. I am at four one zero down the line at one point. And then four two six another time, and uh, staying up defensive back prospect uh, from Weiss High School in the Flugerville area, tracked down a bunch of balls in the outfield as well. Um, Jacob Spades, a guy that had some really interesting barrel feel. Um, Austin Isom, nine walks and only one strikeout, hitting two hole for those guys. Um, already a pretty physical, strong presence. Really tracked pitches well. I mean, he's been productive everywhere he's been this summer. Um, a guy that I believe was already playing varsity baseball as a freshman, certainly one to keep an eye on. Um, Osby Contreras had some some good quality at bats, and he's a guy that's an interesting catcher prospect. Um, and then Luke Rodriguez on the mound was up to 84 miles an hour, the sinking fastball, good changeup. Um, you know, got a lot of lifts against lefties with his changeup, spun a quality breaking ball as well. Um, I think he's got a chance to be an interesting prospect. Um, on the mound long-term as well. But a uh, fun group, uh, really swung the bat. And uh, just kind of another example, I believe, of you know, Central Texas baseball is kind of on the up and up. Uh, but you see a lot of guys on here from kind of the usual suspect schools, um, you know, and, like Rouse and, and Round Rock and, you know, starting to see some Anderson more, Mo and Gene Johnson. We saw a lot of those guys uh, from that Texas Senators team that was good as well. No doubt. Yeah, that 
that was a that was a pool. I didn't I didn't get to see the Canes play a whole lot. They were I I will say they were kind of victims of 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 the playoff or the tournament format. You know it's tough, but you know the way the way we do it, and we have to explain this every every event that we play like this. But the theory behind the the tournament setup is to create the most interesting or the most not interesting, well maybe interesting, but most unique matchups possible. Um, you know, we know a lot of these teams end up going to the same events uh, throughout the summer. And, um, you know, in this event, you know, we can, we have some tiebreakers that, that basically come down to who's played who and who hasn't played. Yeah. Who. Um, so they, you know, they were, they, they got in a situation where they were the undefeated team and, you know, in some events, that's, that's the tiebreaker, but um, in this, it's not, um, it creates some matchups, you know, especially when you got some teams coming from out of town, gives them a chance to play more of the more of the teams around here, which I think is is always a good thing. Um, kind of breaks some of the monotony of mm-hmm. of these summers for some of these teams because if you know whether it's our events or other events, I mean, a lot of these teams end up playing each other a lot. So um, we like the unique matchups, and you know, there are occasions where I, I think some teams aren't huge fans of it, but. Um, but I think that they sh- the Canes showed really well, and yeah, um, that was a competitive bracket. It really was. Yeah, it was so. a tough bracket. Um, Richie Elite Texas Biggers twenty twenty six got a chance to watch them. Um, I really like Dawson Dawson Hinton the shortstop. His numbers did not tell an accurate story of the way he can swing the bat. Didn't strike out a single time. Kind of one of those guys that had some bad um, luck on balls in play. Um, like the way his IQ looked on the diamond um, defensively and offensively. It looked like he's just a ball player. Um, that's got some interesting tools long-term as well. Uh, Noah Nelson on the mound was up to 85 miles an hour, kind of a sinking fastball, showed a 76-mile-an-hour changeup, 77-mile-an-hour uh, slider, uh, threw a ton of ton of fastballs, um, already got some strength on his frame, an interesting guy long-term. I, he's already throwing hard, and I, I certainly think he's going to throw harder in the future. Um, Carson Dupree uh, was 4.1 seconds down the line from the right side. Athletic I believe, player. I believe it's pronounced Dupre. Dupre. That's, that's my, that's my guess. I always think of Marcus French. Dupree because I'd seen that 30 for 30 on him. It, so I always it, just it default be, to that. It may be, it may be, it may be. Magnolia. Let yeah. Let us know Carson from, uh, from Magnolia high school. Um, and then Rhett Kudelka, um, from uh, from Richmond Travis down there in the Houston area. Uh, I like to swing. Uh, he's got some impact. He's got some strength already. He was catching uh, for those guys. I think it's going to be a chance to be an interesting catcher um, long-term there. But uh, another Marucci team that that had some talent, I mentioned Nelson. He also had a really good swing from the left side uh, from Santa Fe High School. Uh, he's a legitimate two-way guy. Uh, he's got a chance to be both a really talented hitter um, and a really talented pitcher on the mound as well. Um, and then the, I, I mean, the Dallas Patriots, like I show up in through uh, Collie on the mound, left-hander, um, you know, I, I forget what he's listed at, but he might've been 145 pounds and he's up there firing 86 mile an hour fastballs in there, spinning a breaking ball with like really good spin rates. I believe it was like up to 2,500 uh, with the spin rate, sometimes it looked kind of like more like a power curve. Sometimes I had a little bit more slider tilt, but it got a lot of whiffs, a lot of whiffs. And he ended up striking out 14 guys and threw a no hitter with just one walk. Um, 
And like he might, like I said, he might have been five nine, five eight, one forty five. Um, he thought he was 6'2", 220, the way he was carrying himself. And like, you know, he was fired up. He wasn't afraid to show some emotion on the mound. Um, he could really hit too. It was a re- really good left-handed swing, good hitting feel, feel for the barrel. He was smacking some line drives um, all over the place. But uh, that was a really, really fun performance to watch uh, for sure. Uh, Lincoln Wagner was another guy from that that Dallas Patriots team that caught my attention uh, I like the way his swing looked and also his defensive actions there um, in the middle of the diamond. Um, you know, Cody Hines um, had a really, really productive event, only struck out once, um, hit 556. He's got some strength and physicality already. Looks like a guy that could end up being a really nice power hitter um, in the future at the high school level. Yeah, that the true uh, Collie outing was pretty, pretty special. I mean, he he's definitely got some stuff. Um, plays with an attitude. I uh, think he knows he's pretty good. And when you play like that, you have the ability to, to do that. Um, yeah. What do we say sometimes, like the way you carry yourself on the mound, like kind of makes your stuff play up a little bit. Like I can imagine, like he was throwing that hard and spinning the breaking ball that well. And guys are probably looking out there like, man, this guy's fired up. And it's, you know, it's, it's 11 a.m. Um, but he was, he was not messing around. Um, he was, yeah, he came out of the guys. gates. Yeah. Came out of the gates hot. Yeah. Uh, let's. You got anything else for Pool C, or we're going to shift over to Pool D? Go to Pool D. Pool D, our final pool of the Alex Bregman World Series. Uh, Texas Senators 15U Scout uh, ended up emerging victorious um, out of this group. Had to had to win their way through. They had to beat Sticks 2026 Scout there um, in a Saturday game, and then turn around and play another game against Texas Oilers 15U Noel um to to win there but uh the senators group um you and i both saw one of the first outings for those guys on the mound cj hansford and i just was a huge fan of this guy um good delivery good easy delivery um easy strikes 81 84 with a fastball fastball spin up to 2200 um 71 mile an hour curveball with spin rates around 2200 with late depth you know it was one of those breaking balls that sometimes guys can spin the ball, but they'll throw their curveball in a way that it just kind of pops out of the hand. You kind of see that hump and it's just, it tips it. And he's one of those guys that threw it. It came out of the hand with a fastball look. And then as it got towards the plate, um, it started to show that late depth and dive, but a uh, really productive event for him uh, through extremely well. Definitely one of my favorite pitchers that I saw there. Uh, another Mo and Gene Johnson guy, um, and then the guy catching him, Ricky Montillo, uh, 2025 prospect from, from Owen Gene Johnson um, in Buda. Um, really interesting catch and throw skills, strong arm, um, looked apart uh, defensively, moved really well for a catcher. Um, I, I liked what I saw there. Um, Luke McBride had him written down, liked the swing, liked the tools long term, Lake Travis guy. Austin Glasgow is a toolsy hitter, left-handed hitter, another Lake Travis guy that could play the outfield. Um, he's got projection and some hitting ability moving forward, but um, really fun group to watch. And another one of those central Texas teams, um, you know, that had a lot of talent and performed really well. Yeah. I, I was impressed with uh, Austin Knox as well. He had a good tournament. Uh, Cruz Hale did some nice things. Cooper Webb, obviously physically uh, looks the part. I think he's going to be able to really pitch. Carter Buck is another physical looking player that swung the bat well at times uh dallas witcher 
Uh, you know, so I don't know if he plays football, but if he's not a running back, then I don't know what, what, like. <laughs> just the way he moves. I mean, just, you know, he's, he's got some big time, big time athleticism and he made a couple of really and, good grabs in center field really ran the ball down. Well, yeah, I was impressed with him throughout the week. He did a, a bunch of really good things. You know, whenever I wasn't watching them, I felt like every time I looked over from the other field, it looks like it looked like he was involved in something. Mm -hmm. um, and that's usually a good sign. Like, uh, of a guy that's got a chance to be pretty good. Ben Hatcher uh, did some nice things. Um, and I apologize advance to Ricky Montijo over the next several years um, because I'm going to end up calling him Mojito at some point. <laughs> only, only because Jeff and I were watching the game and we were talking about, it wasn't their game, but we were talking about some of the best guys that we'd seen over the course of the weekend. And like we, I, I kept saying it, it was something I knew I was close. I was close. And Jeff says, just think of the drink. And I was like, drink. And he's like, what's that? What's the drink called? I was like, mojito. So I, Ricky, two, I two, two guys that don't, don't spend much time in bars, you and Jeff, like, that's right. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> probably the two guys least likely to know what a mojito was in the entire Z plex. That's true. Yeah, that's I can can confirm. Um, but yeah, Ricky, uh, apologize in advance. Um, but also know that it's a good thing that we're that we'll be talking about you, whether you know, and you you won't be the first guy that between Dustin and I've continuously butchered a name. So yeah. Um, but he had a great he had a great event. I was sure really did. impressed with him. Uh, six RBIs on the weekend. Uh, three doubles. Just really good catch and throw skills, like mm -hmm. the way he handled things behind the plate. Um, and just an impressive group, impressive group for I'm sure gonna have to make it. some I'm gonna have to make some stops on to to Buta Johnson the next spring. I mean, they're yeah, all, they you got always a, you got a good little good little battery there with CJ Hansford and, yeah. and Ricky Mojito. And so. um it's uh they always win a ton of games, even when they got Bumped into a like a loaded district. Um, well, and, and yeah, and you throw Dallas Switcher in that group too. From yeah, that team. They, they've um, got they've got some players. I know they have some guys in the twenty four class as well. Yeah. Um, but like I had another coach in the district mention like when I showed him the roster, I was like, hey, you know who should I keep an eye on? Um, and he singled out Hansford already. So just kind of tells you already that he's making a name for himself in that district, even as a twenty twenty six guy on the mound. But I can see why through a lot of strikes. Bet on that delivery long-term for sure. Um, Texas Oilers 15U, uh, Noel. Uh, Jax Robinson was the guy that uh, really stood out to me, a Waxahachie guy, uh, was up to 86 miles an hour on the mound, had some sink to it, slider at 70, curveball at 64, came in and closed the game that I saw and uh, threw a lot of quality strikes from the right side. And then he got in the, bo the box from the left side, and he could really hit. Uh, ended up hitting 563, 667, 625, which is one strikeout and 21 plate appearances. Um, makes makes quality contact consistently, tracked the ball well, just like hitting really came easy to him. Um, a definite two-way prospect that's got a bright future there. Um, Dylan Dryman really caught my eye defensively. Uh, really quick first step, uh, really quick. Uh, just seemed like he really read the ball off the bat well, but just one of those guys that has really good short area quickness. 
um, that caught my attention there. Um, Dalton Hicks behind the plate catching, um, catching throw skills stood out to me. Um, he had a really, really loud and deep fly out to left field at the game that I saw. Listed at six foot, two hundred pounds, looked about accurate. Um, he's got a chance to develop into a into a good catcher there. Um, JD Westveld, uh, really interesting hitting profile. Uh, listed at six two, one sixty. Uh, actually, he goes to IMG Academy um, from Richardson, Texas. Um, I think he's really going to project long term. Uh, I think there's some really interesting tools there. He's got a chance to develop into a guy that's that's going to be a could be on some D1 radars in the future there. But uh, these guys really performed at a high level and they did a lot of their damage offensively. I mean, 818 OPS as a team, um, almost as many walks, 25 as strikeouts, 27. Um, top to bottom, it was a strong lineup that uh, um, that was able to do some damage throughout the event. Yeah. Another guy that I thought swung the bat well, a couple the peaks that I got at them was uh, Grady Holmes. Um, he smoked the ball in the right center gap for a double. Um, and then Chase Piero, um, if he's anything like his older brother, there's some major power in there. Um, the only thing I have written down on him was power. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I imagine he is a lot like his brother, uh, but he did, he took, he, he had a couple of really good swings where there's some bat speed and you could tell, um, uh, that he's got some strength too. Madden Lozano, um, did some nice things over the course of the weekend, but yeah, they're a team that they played really well. They beat some, some really good teams along the way um, and were in the game at, at all times throughout the event. So that they were, uh, they showed really well. And I, I really liked what they did on yeah. the course of the weekend. And on the mound, Yvonne Hernandez, Rockwell Heath guy, um, five innings, seven strikeouts, one hit, one run uh, was really, really productive Threw a ton of strikes. Uh, for those guys and kind of kind of made it look easy on the mound there yeah definitely uh sticks 2026 scout uh we saw them in the pudge um and then saw them again um in the bregman and uh once again cole kaniger was uh really 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 good um hit 667 750 and slugged 1.067 you need a calculator for that ops and he only struck out one time compared to five walks Nine RBI, eight runs. Like, I, I don't know if there was a better prospect long term in the event when you factor in 6'2, 180 and can legitimately play shortstop uh, with a strong arm. Like, just yeah. a, another week where he was really good. Yeah, he's a dude. Um, there's, there's just no question about it. I mean, really good contact all week. Uh, like the actions uh, defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot else to say. I mean, we liked him early in the season when we saw him playing in when we were still in tournament season. And if you're on that ro- if you're on varsity at that school uh, with that roster, yeah, uh, that tells you something. Um, just really, um, really impressive player. <laughs> About all there is to it. I mean, he's a stud, you know, and he'd have been, you know, if they'd advanced a little bit further, definitely been in the mix for that offensive MVP or, or mm-hmm. maybe even overall MVP because he had a really, really good event. Um, some other guys on that team, that's a really good team. Uh, Will McIntyre, who's a 2027 through four innings, got four Ks, gave up no earned runs. Uh, he's a guy that we've had circled for a while uh, from Boyd. Um, uh, Logan Brown, really, really good at the plate. He's a stud. 
Uh, oh, and surprise, 2026 from Keller. Um, yeah. And he was at so, the 86 on the mound at the Pudge. Like, I mean, he showed he could hit at the Breckman, that's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, Connor Davenport was up to 89, and surprise, he's a 26 from Keller. Um, but some other guys that that uh, that I've seen quite a bit, so Preston Lewis, obviously the freshman catcher from Heath. Cash Mead did some good stuff. He found his way on base a lot of times. Uh, impressive. It just he, He's going to have a chance to be a really good player for Heath over the next couple of years, and you know, stop me if you've heard that before, but there, there's a long list of those guys. Jaden Wilson, uh, impressive athlete, hit at the top of the lineup. Sean Arterburn um, from Southlake hit 538 on the event, pitched quite a bit. He's just a he's a gamer. He's a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, knows his way around the field. We've seen Rylan Alanis be really good in the past. Uh, I didn't I didn't see a whole lot of of, of their games this this past weekend so I don't, I don't but I know that he's done a lot of stuff that we've seen that to know that he's a really really good player uh Elijah Newton had a really good event um and I mean that that's a loaded team man Peter Cuoco pitched well on the week uh but they sticks that that group is really good just like the ones in front of them I think they're going to be a team that you're going to hear a lot from over the next couple of years yeah absolutely uh, another Marucci team, Marucci Elite, Texas Ognowski 2026. Uh, Derek Hernandez was a guy that I, I really liked watching. Um, undersized, but a ball player from Oak Ridge and the greater Houston area. Just like he was always pushing the action. Like one of those guys, like he wanted the ball on defense. He was trying to take extra bases um, when he was on the base pass. Just like always kind of a step ahead of what was happening on the diamond. Just a a skilled player and, and as he matures and fills out and adds strength, I think he's got a chance to be a, uh, be a really, a uh, really quality player. Um, Luke Kolkak, um, good frame long-term uh, really like the bat speed and the way that played um, in the batter's box. Uh, Devin Maya on the mound caught my eye. He also hit 444 um, without a strikeout in the event. Dana Villarreal had a really strong event. Um, with the bat as well. Um, Kolkak looking like he, he ended up having eight walks with a 1.369 OPS. Uh, and that bat speed can really play a guy from uh, from Foster High School down um, in the greater Houston area as well. So another Marucci team that, again, if they take all these guys and combine them into one, uh, they'd have a heck of a team. Yeah, Maya ended up throwing six shutout innings with, with uh, no, excuse me, not shutouts, six innings, two runs with eight strikeouts. Um, he was a dude on the mound there, and Zachary Christie was really good on the mound as well. Six point one. Uh, let me let me let me let me highlight Zach Christie a little bit. Okay. So sitting at sitting under the tent after we had already packed up, he comes up on let's call it Wednesday night, Tuesday mm-hmm. or Wednesday night, and he wants a prime drink. And we've already, like I said, we've already put everything up, and he's got twenty dollars in cash. And we had no change. So we told him, said, we'll give you this. And they're really they're three dollars. Uh so we'll give you this tonight, but you have to come back tomorrow with the right change. And he was like, Yeah, no problem. I'll be here. So we we had it marked down. Jeff pulled out the scout book, knew where he lived, knew his <laughs> phone number, he knew his favorite color and everything. We got it all um, in the profiles now. And then that the next day was the day of the rain delay. And so 
we were waiting for him to come up and like, you know, we we're getting towards the end of the, the games. And I was like, wait a minute, where's our guys at? You know, cause we'd been, we were giving him a hard time the night before. And so we went over, to, we went over to the dugout um, for the end of his game and just giving him a hard time. We said, Zach, where are you at, man? Like we're, and he said, Oh, I got it. He's like, I tried to find you earlier. He pulls out, pulls out the cash out of his back pocket, like coming off the field. So he had it. He was like, I have it. It's right here. It's right here. So I'm going to give Zach some sort of honesty award. Yeah. Um, for, uh, for for taking care of business there but it was it was a funny exchange because there was a bunch of people around when it when it happened the first night so uh zach came through for us and obviously he must have done something well in the field too so what do you did yes he did he had a good bregman and uh now we know we're gonna put a little plus by the makeup good makeup for for zachary christie long term so gonna be a good teammate good makeup uh guy to bet on for marucci elite texas ognowski 2026 but uh well that's all i got for for pool d um i think we've probably mentioned about 900 players at this point um so and you know sadly we did we didn't get to every team uh, i think there were 41 teams in, in the event but uh we we uh we tried to get to a lot of them uh, but another really, really fun one it's 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 fun to see this age group um especially as you kind of see the pudge, the group older, um, you kind of see what's like kind of the next wave of those guys that are going to be um, hopefully in the pudge next year. But uh, a lot of standout teams, a lot of competitiveness, a lot of thrilling finishes um, and just, you know, high level play, especially for this age group. Like I didn't feel like I watched any games where like everybody was kicking the ball around or like swinging wildly and just ugly at bats. It, it just, there was, there was really good. It's like pretty pretty consistently good baseball for this age group over the course of the event. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will correct you. It was 49 teams. 49. Wow. I don't know where 40, I get 41 from. I don't know. But Oh, that's 40, right. I have it like 12 or 13 for a pool or something like that. Do some math. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, qual- really quality baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like, I like the wood. Um, you know, it's you get to see who. I mean, you have to you have to look at it a little bit differently. You know, when you're evaluating, knowing that oh, these yeah. guys, they're not finished products or even close to it. Um, but if you can put some good some good wood on the ball, um, really show. I mean, because you're not going to get any cheap hits, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but really good baseball across the across the week. Um, I said that there's a lot of kids that I took away some, some really, really good information and mm-hmm. ha- have an idea of some guys that I think are going to be potential top 10 type players in the state uh, from this group. And oh boy, that's uh, making my head spin. I'm trying to, I'm almost done like finalizing our 2023 list. And it's just like, Oh no, 2026s are in my head right now. It's like, Oh man, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't know well, what it is when you go yeah, from sophomores to juniors so to seniors that, to freshmen all over the place. That, that, that is one thing that I, that I, I thought was, it. so, you know, it is tricky to, to toggle back and forth in your eye with your yes. eyes um, from group to group so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it t- there's an adjustment period with it. You have to really sit down and like, remember what you're looking for and like yeah. what the benchmarks are sh- for, velocities and run times and mm-hmm. stuff like that 
Um, but one thing, you know, it's kind of like, it's all, you know, the guys that are the best at it, you know, the guys that are doing both college and pro guys. Um, I thought it was really interesting, like at the MLB combine, how they had a lot of the groups mixed. Mm-hmm. So they're having some of the high level high school guys uh, mixed in with some of the high level college guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, fu- I found that interesting. I wasn't sure if they would do it that way, but I just thought that that was kind of unique. And um, I don't know if that was intentional or just alphabetical, however they did it or by position or whatever. But I thought it was super interesting to see because I was really curious on how they would handle that and how they would do it. Yeah, that is interesting. I I, I think it was by position. Um, but like I used to be, when I would evaluate guys, I was always – I was like, what, what's the deal with these like workouts? Like, you know, what, what are you going to glean from a guy? Like, I get it. Like BP, you get a feel for the tools in and out, you get a feel for tools and what the skill looks like and all that, that stuff matters. But like, you know, if the guy can play or not is, is ultimately what matters. And I've talked to a couple of scouts this year, just talking through some of that stuff. And I, I really underestimated when you get in those settings and you put guys side by side, how much it resonates when one of those guys really stands out, whether it's the way he moves, the way he looks, the way the ball comes off the bat, the way he throws, whatever it is. I really underestimated when you go like peer by peer or prospect by prospect and you drop those guys into a workout setting and you just kind of sit back and say, who, who grabs your attention? You know, who really stands out? Like, is there a, batting practice round or like just the way that guy looks and moves and like it's just a kind of it's I think it's a good way to kind of reset your eyes and get back to like okay like what what's the body look like what are the tools kind of like like can this guy stand out amongst his peers because if, if you think about the pro game or even the high-end college game like you're you got to be one of those guys if, if you're gonna make it or otherwise mm-hmm. you know you're you're kind of you're kind of swimming upstream against those types of prospects, but um, yeah, it is interesting that they did that, but like, you know, I was kind of watching some film with some guys that we saw at area code, like Gasparino and Eric Batanti and guys like that. And I'm like, I bet those guys got dropped in beside some of those pro guys or some of those college guys. And like, I'm sure Eric Batante, they were like, Oh my God, this kid's 17. Like, or maybe he just turned 18. Whatever. He's really young. And you, you see the way he moves and stuff like that. It's like, man, that guy really stands out in this sort of setting. Um, it just kind of, I totally, I always underestimated that. And now every time I like see these workouts and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, you can just size guys up and see what they look like. But it is like you said, when we go from like Pudge or even going from like Connie Mac qualifier to Pudge to Bregman, like you have to totally like recalibrate like how you evaluate guys in those settings because it's just so different physically and and things like that it's a lot more at this age group i feel like it's a lot more athleticism and skill and then thinking about that long term what it's going to look like as opposed with the older age groups like okay velocity matters a little bit more physicality matters a little bit more um that sort of thing yeah i mean it's it it does stand out it's it's tricky. Like it's not, yes. it's not, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that can separate the very best guys that do it from the ones that can't. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. 
and there's a skill to it and there's an art to it. And then there's some times when you're like, you know, it's when you're questioning a guy and then they go out in an event, like you're talking about and just look better than everyone Mm -hmm. that, that should stand out. You Mm -hmm. know, I, 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 I will always go back to when you decided to, as far as I know, be the first one to really rank jet up at the top of that 2022 class was, it was just, because he performed and he mm-hmm. showed that he could hit the absolute best pitching yep. with wood. And so that, that eliminates one of the biggest questions that all these guys will have. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I just, I found that I always find that fascinating and it's, it's something that you always have to remind yourself of. Yeah, it does. It takes, it's an adjustment period for sure. Going from older to younger, especially. Yeah. Like the first time I saw Blake Mitchell, I was like, Oh, okay. This is, yeah. This is really, this is really different um, compared to everybody else there. So, uh, well, yeah, that wraps us up for our Bregman discussion. Uh, you go to fivetool.org and uh, you can hit the uh, the little link for the uh, for the Bregman World Series, and it'll take you up to our line from that event. You can kind of go back and look through all the video coverage and things like that, or go click on a team you want to follow or a player you want to follow or, or whatever. You can kind of customize that to do whatever you want it to do. But it, it is so much fun now after these events and as we get into the summer a little bit more, like you go look at players' profiles now and it's like if you performed, like your profile is just singing with stuff like, you know, hard base hits and defensive plays or pitching performances and like there's like a lot of stuff on there. Uh, it's really, really cool to see. And, and if you're a player or a parent and you haven't really uh, explored our subscriptions or anything like that, um, go to fivetool.org and hit the join button in the top right on the little white bar there and it kind of take you to our premium player profile options. Um, and then for those college coaches or pro scouts, we get the scout package. And then we also have a parent coach fan profile option as well. Um, just gives players option to have their profile, customize it, send it to whoever they want to send it to who can have access to all their videos and see their videos and stuff like that. Because there are some guys now this summer that probably got like, 10, 15, maybe even 20 videos um, hanging out there. And with the badges and the achievements and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, so I would like people to check that out if they haven't seen it already. But, um, well, you got anything else before we get out of here? I don't. I don't. Um, kind of a lighter week on our end for, as far as, like, event on the event side. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of getting, a little. Getting to, getting to play catch up a little bit this week and uh get to the long list of stuff that my wife has for me that i have oh, not been yeah. able to do so um yeah and uh, that's that's what i did yesterday gonna do a little bit more of that today and hopefully be caught back up somewhat yeah. uh probably yeah. not but closer good yeah good luck yeah it's, uh i kind of did a little bit of that she had a little getaway deserved getaway because it's been it's been a little rough in the house with the kids so I'm a little bit caught up on that, but there's still something. Finally got a hose, got a hose that fits to water the backyard and the front yard. So making a little That's so weird. There. We we have the same, we have the exact same issues like at all times. Yeah. yeah. It's just certain things oh, that just kind of oh, get pushed last on. Last night, last I still night haven't gotten will, a haircut and like, you know, I've needed one for about four weeks. I, I will be giving myself one of those today. Oh, um, and, whoa. Keep those keep those scissors and razor away from me, that's for sure. There will be no scissors, I can assure you. It'll be <laughs> the the easy the easy way. Um, but we did have a we did have a trip to urgent care last night. Um, oh, no. 
when Koi put a popcorn kernel up his nose. Oh, so, okay. Had to go get that removed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And they asked, they asked Mary, they asked, they asked Mary if she wanted to keep it when. A kernel? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, not like a lost tooth or something like that. That's a little uh, we, worse yeah. than uh, than than Lucy getting to the dog food again, and me having to pull <laughs> four pieces of little hard dog food out of her mouth. It's like Jack pooped his underwear and was screaming bloody murder in the bathroom. So I'm like trying to attend to him, and then I'm like, oh no, I left the dog food out. <laughs> like Lucy, she's so fast. Sure enough, she's over there grabbing pieces of the dog food and smacking the water bowl. I was like, oh no, which <laughs> just when does it end? Everybody's like. It's going to get better. And I'm like, is it? Because it keeps getting worse. Right <laughs> when? Like, when, when, did, when does that whole better thing start happening? Because she just turned one and she's about to be walking soon. And it's going to be real chaos after that. Yeah. Um, so enjoy the joys of parenting. Um, yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, things like haircuts and hoses and things like that and kind of get pushed down to the bottom of the list there. But. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. Um, follow us at Five Tool Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And again, go to fivetool.org and everything we do ends up there writing, podcasts, videos, player profiles, like everything. Uh, we've got so much stuff going on. There's been a lot of really, really great coverage from outside the state of Texas, too. Like our California coverage recently has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I feel like there's just arms popping up everywhere, especially like in Texas. like. 2024 guys i feel like every week we've got video on a guy oh this guy was up to 92 and i was like i haven't heard of this guy before you know like i think it was like the logan simmons kid from like new home high school I had to look that one up uh, showed up throwing 92 miles an hour for off speed i was like man um you're in luck if you're a you're a college is still looking for pictures in 2024 class because they're just kind of popping up all over the place but all right we've rambled on long enough uh for drew i'm dustin uh until we talk to y'all next time take care